0: Now presenting this week's message. If you uh, notice the sign or even looked at the bulletin, you'll see the, uh, the message title is locked and loaded. Uh, that's not a political statement that we're making here. Matter of fact, that, that is a military term of, you know, whenever you are locked in and ready to go. And, uh, we, we kind of experienced an example of that this weekend, uh, on the men's retreat that Aaron was talking about. And, and these are the more subtle, uh, pictures. But, uh, what we were doing is we were out there. Yeah. This is, this is what happens in Grady doesn't always stay in Grady. We, you know, we let you know. Uh, but there was just a lot of fun. And what we were out there doing, a lot of good fellowship. Uh, and then we were uh, shooting, as you can see. And the next picture I'll show you, we were doing a lot of this too, eating. One of Cliff's favorite things in the whole world to do. Uh, yeah, at uh, Red's little schoolhouse. And, and we had a good group of guys. Look at, I mean, we had, uh, I think, maybe 24 guys that went down there uh, and with us. And guess how many we brought back? Yeah, all of them. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, we, welcome. And, and I'm open to the week or the month that you, you know, you're talking to, you're talking about that. Uh, it's just a, it's a great time of fellowship, uh, but, uh, you know, I, it, boy, it, it's, there were, there were some, there was some arsenal there. I'm gonna tell you something. I know the folks that I don't want to mess with. I mean, they, it was just hauled down there, just like, Opened up Fort Knox and all that other stuff, and it came down there. And and trees were shaking and all that kind of stuff as the guys were just doing target practice and all that. Speaking of guys, uh, our men's group that meets on Wednesday night, if you're a part of that, Tuesday night this week. Tuesday night this week. And uh, it's good for guys to get together. But, um, you know, as I was thinking about the weekend and all the fun that we had, and, you know, with, uh, with all that arsenal there and, you know, the guns and the ammo and just all that was going on it was just really a good reminder of exactly what uh, God wants us to understand and see from his word through uh, Peter Uh, as we've been going through this series everything to live for uh, it's here that you know that he is saying that as believers as followers of Jesus Christ really what should define our lives is that we are locked and loaded for Jesus you know, we are. We are His instruments in this world. Uh, His plan is to use me and you in order to be His light, His voice, and His truth, to share His truth. And it's under the inspiration and the leadership of the Holy Spirit whom Jesus has placed within us that we are called to live our lives locked and loaded. So here's the first question that I need to ask myself. And and I would ask you to ask yourself, just kind of, am I locked and loaded when it comes to Jesus? You know, and ask God, say, okay, I'm going to ask you, God, am I living my life locked and loaded? That means I am locked in and I'm ready to go. And that's what Peter is going to be talking to us uh, about today. So I'm going to ask you to open up your Bible in First Peter chapter two, and we're going to continue uh, with the reading here, and we're going to pick up with verse eleven. First Peter chapter two, beginning with verse eleven. He says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires, which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us submit yourselves for the lord's sake to every authority instituted among men whether to the king or as uh, to the king as supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect for everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God and honor the king. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it, how is it to your credit, if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, So that we may die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds, you have been healed for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your amazing love. Uh, we praise you that it is, is Unconditional. We thank you that in you that we find not only forgiveness, but we find uh, freedom. We find, Lord, purpose and the power to live. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that today that as your word goes forth, Lord, that we would be doers of your word, that we would, Lord, take your word as the meat of our lives and that we would make. The adjustments that we would follow you and your leadership so that we are locked and loaded all for your glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, there was one, there was one of the dads here whose adult son that he brought with him that carried an extremely high powered gun down there. We're not, we're not going to point that out, but uh, I mean, it, it actually shook. I mean, if you, were, if you were close, I mean, you felt, I mean, it shook everything. Uh, one of our guys was about six miles away, uh, uh, and uh, they were just hanging out in another one of our, our, our housing locations, and he said from there he heard it, and he felt the repercussions of that. And so, you know, I'm going like, wow. Well, here's the deal. Um, w- the folks in Grady, the few that, that there are, I mean, there was no mistake that they knew that we had been there. You know, they, they knew that we had been there. Uh, and so that's a pretty good example of what God is kind of inviting us to understand and realize is that as followers of Jesus Christ, he wants folks to know that Jesus is in the house. You know, that he is alive and well. And uh, so the question that we ask ourselves, Lord, is, is that true of my life? Is is that true of my life? Am I locked and loaded? You know, that people get a glimpse of Jesus and his love and his forgiveness and his power and his strength. Or are they just seeing just more of the world, just seeing what's going on in culture? It's here in this passage that people uh, that Peter is saying that people are watching your every move. And you go, I'm just a nobody. No, if you're in Christ, you're somebody. You're going, I'm not going to be able to make that big of a difference. Oh, yes, you are. Uh, Because that's what God says. People are watching you and you have influence. They're watching the kind of person you are. And that's what he says in this verse here. here. Uh, He says, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. I like the way the Amplified puts the end of that. It says, and they will honor God whenever He shows mercy to them. In other words, you, God's using you and your life to awaken them of this desire that God to, to, of God's to show mercy to them and bring about salvation in their life. And so it's here that Peter's saying, you know, they're, they're, they're looking at your life. They're looking at my life to see if your walk matches your talk, to see if what you say matches what you uh, believe. Uh, Peter says that the hallmark here of uh, Christian life is that integrity, being authentic, being real. That is what a watching world is looking for. And, and so he is encouraging us to, to be mindful of especially three things. Three things that, that they're really locked in on. How do you, how are you dealing with temptation? How are you dealing with authority? And, and how do you deal when it comes to suffering? Uh, These are really three linchpins. The background of this passage we need to remember is that Peter is talking to a group of people uh, that are enduring great suffering, big time difficulty. They are being wrongly accused. Uh, they are being thrown to the lines. They are being burned at the stake. And, and these are new believers. And, and they are just feeling and experiencing this crushing blow of uh, injustice in their in their life. And yet in in the first chapter and in the first part of the second chapter, what he has said is, hey, guys, I just want to remind you of what God has done for you. I want you to understand what God has done for you. And then he says, I want you to know what God thinks about you and what God says about you. And it's here that he comes and says, now, because of that, this is how you are to live in light of what God has done and who you really are in him. So this is God saying to me and you, living right here, October 27th, uh, 2019, guys, God's done this. This is who you really are. This is your real identity. Get get locked in on that. Get locked in on that. Get loaded with that. And then I want you to live in this way. I want you to live out uh, these things. Stay away from temptation. Show respect for authority. And seek God in suffering. Let's look at what it means to live with integrity and influence. First one, stay away from temptation. Now, you go, well, what do you mean by that? I mean, yeah, we're all tempted. You know, the Bible speaks very clearly about that. But, you know, if something's tempting you, then what he's saying is this, just get, get, get away. Just get away from it. Uh, if you're watching something on TV, uh, and it's not appropriate, turn it off. You know, if even if you paid good money to be in a movie theater and it's not appropriate, leave. You know, if if it's something else is tempting you, he's saying make adjustments for uh, what is tempting you to rely on self and not rely on God to to uh, allow these things to tarnish your influence and your integrity as a follower of Jesus Christ. So deal with that. That's, that's what he's saying in this. He's saying in this particular passage, we are, uh, the reason is we are strangers and aliens here. We are exiles. Look at this next verse in verse 11. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. I love the way the message puts that. You know, and so here's a reminder. Listen. Are we to have fun in this world? Absolutely. We live in this world? Absolutely. You know, it's all a gift and a blessing from God. But he's saying, this is not your home. This is not my home. We are not created or made for this. And so, uh, don't let this world suck you in and tarnish what God is doing in your life. You know, our real home as a believer isn't here. It's in heaven. We're passing through 60, 70, 80, 90 years. Uh, but he's saying don't get attached to it. And yet it's here that uh, we it's only experience that you and I have ever had. We, you know, I, I have not been to heaven yet, you know, but I have that promise that's coming from him. Uh, this is this is what we know. And yet, as we were being reminded as men this past weekend, it, where the apostle Paul says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed. So as citizens of heaven, he said, don't conform to this world. Don't let the culture around you catch you up in all that's going on. Uh, don't become comfortable with what's acceptable in culture. And, I, and I'll just tell you, you know, as I'm reading through this, you know, God's just convicting me that, you know, how easy it is for us to become comfortable with what's acceptable in this culture, and it's really a reproach to God. You know, is it honoring Him? Is it, is it reflecting His glory? Is it demonstrating to people that this world does not have a hold on us? That this world is not our home? So he's saying a way that we do that is to stay away from temptation. Deal with that temptation stuff. So I just want us to pause. Now we've all probably heard this and blah, blah, blah. But I want you to just pause right now, close your eyes and just say, Father God, what temptation is keeping me from being locked and loaded as your child? What temptation is causing others to see more of the world and less of you? Would you reveal that to me, Father? And today, by faith, I commit to you that I will turn from that. Because of the grace and the power and the purpose that you have for my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, look at this next verse right here. It says, live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. So this is what he's encouraging us to do. We are to live as free. Yes, we are free, but don't use this as a cover-up. Don't use this for self a self-led or self-indulgent living. He's just reminding us. Now, here he is talking to these people that are in a very difficult situation. And they're going, ah, it's kind of hard to live free with so much oppression that's going on. You know, it's, it's hard to do that. But as a Christian, the, the fact is he's saying we are free. He's given us good theology here. Yeah I mean you're free to do stuff. I mean you're free to yield to this temptation. You know, you're free to do that and and yet that's not going to cause you to lose who you are as and, and as a child of God. You're not going to lose your salvation because of this. And this continues to be one of the areas in which the evil one Satan, you know, just bombards people with. You know, because we do a certain thing or maybe act in a way that is not godly, we go, "Well, you know, I'm going to lose my salvation." You know, that's just just a really a horrible, horrible theology. We can't do that because we didn't earn it in the first place. You know, it's something that we are born of God that God has given to us. He says, live as free men, but don't use that to indulge yourself. You know, uh, the, what he's saying there is, you know, we can, we can do this stuff. You know, I can get drunk all the time. Uh, I can, you know, cheat on my taxes. I can do as well, many drugs as I want, you know, mess around with uh, uh, the opposite sex. But, you know, as, as, I, as I want. But here's what happens. Whenever we're looking at Jesus, he comes in our life. He changes our want to. He changes our want to. And maybe your prayer today is just simply that. Just by faith say, Lord, you know, for some reason I want to do some of this stuff that's not honoring to you. And matter of fact, it's causing people around me to stumble. And so, Lord Jesus, change my want to. Change my want to. Because you don't want me to be comfortable in this world because this is not my home. Don't be adjusting my life to that. You know, people... um, you know, ask me a lot, you Kino, can you still be a Christian and do this and that and the other? Uh, uh, yeah. You know, because it's not a matter, it's not a matter of losing your salvation. It's it's a matter of of what God has done in your life when you've called and you've surrendered your life to Him. Also, people, you know, say, Well, what's God's will for my life? How many times have you asked of that? You know, what's God's will for my life? Well, this next verse tells us, you know, gives us insight in what God's will is. It, it is God's will. That your good life should silence those who foolishly condemn the gospel without knowing what it can do for them, having never experienced his power. I love the the way the living, the the paraphrase puts it there. It's God's will that you live such a life that you silence these people. Because they've not experienced the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You might just want to circle. It's God's will. You know, what, what did you hear growing up? Many of us hear this. You may be the only Bible that, that somebody reads, that others may read. You know, as one person put it, you're either a Bible or a liable uh, for Christ. That's what he's saying. He said he wants us to acknowledge that. He's left us here for the purpose of being his light. Um I'm reading a book called Seven Men right now, and it's just talking about uh, this. The author is talking about seven men that really God has used to just change the world. One of those is uh, William Wilberforce. Anybody know this guy? Uh, all right. So William Wilberforce, uh, uh, really, I mean, I can't go into all this kind of stuff, but... Uh, <laughs> He, he, he was doing his thing and his, you know, his life and God really got a hold of him and and God had a plan and purpose for his life. But uh, it was way back. And uh, he just saw when he was living in England, you know, there was the slave trade that was going on. And this uh, God got a hold of him and said, this is I want you. Even though it's completely acceptable and it was just wicked the stuff that was going on. I just forgot just how depraved things were uh, back in that day as far as uh, the ch- children, you know, five, six, seven years old. You know, they were just a, a, a children labor and all that kind of stuff. Twenty, thirty percent of the of the women in the population they were saying were, were prostitutes. I mean, it was just some crazy and, and most of the people just live every day just drunk. You know, they'd show up to parliament and all that kind of stuff just drunk. You know, but uh, God got a hold of him uh, and, and wanted to use him for this and the, to just put an end to this. Just put an end to this. And it was just a battle. Just to, and I know I'm doing a disservices, but here, here's the deal. There was a lot of people that was in the society said, who are you to impose your values and your beliefs on us? And they were looking at it from a standpoint that, you know, because he saw the value that, ev- that God places on every human being. And they were looking at it from a cultural and a selfish and a financial standpoint, but he goes, wait a minute, God has opened my eyes to see the value of every human being. He gave his life to that. When you stand up for Christ... Then you're going to face that as we see happening today. I mean, there are people that just are seeking God and, uh, and, and His purpose and His way. And now many people in our society and especially media are referring to them as hate groups. And these people are just being motivated because of the value that God has placed on every Human being on the fact that red, yellow, black and white, you know, they are precious in his sight. we learned that as little children. And what he's saying in this particular passage is, you know, we can't control what other people say about us, but we can control the truth. We do have control over that and to live our lives in such a way that people have to make up stuff, make up stuff to say bad stuff about us. Being locked and loaded means that we got to take this thing of temptation seriously. Stay away from it. Number two, show respect for authority. Show respect for authority. Boy, uh, that's really taken a hit uh, in in our culture. Uh, Respond to authority, people in government, people in law enforcement, your boss, spiritual authorities. This is what he says right here. For the Lord's sake... Yield to the people who have authority in this world. Can you imagine what his listeners were thinking at this particular time? You know, Nero? <laughs> oh, uh, he was not just bad. He was absolutely insane. Uh, it says, for the Lord's sake, yield to the people who have authority in this world, the king who is the highest authority and the leaders who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to praise those who do right. What, you know, what is he saying here? You might want to circle that, that word there, yield, yield. You know what it means to yield, right? There's some of us guys, we don't know. That yield sign, that yield sign, that means you let them go. You let, let them go. And, 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 and what God is saying here is that that is the attitude that we should have as followers of Jesus Christ. We yield to authorities. And you go, yeah, but there's there's some bad that this is what we we see in God's word. Submission, yielding is not a sign of weakness. Yielding is a sign of self-control. Yielding uh, is something that someone that is mature uh, can do. But an insecure person that an immature person is going to have to have their way. Think about that. Think about that. Whenever, you know, uh, whenever somebody says I have to have my rights what they're saying is I'm scared to death inside of losing control. But when we live in the presence of knowing who our king and our savior is, we can we can honor him. Peter uh, saying, uh, this is the way that you should be. People are going to watch to see how you, as a believer, respond to authority. It's your boss, the government, law enforcement, uh, police officer, whatever the case may be. And then he says this right here in the next verse, verse 17. He says, show respect for everyone, love Christians everywhere, fear God and honor the government. Right there, he's giving us uh, three quick things that indicate our... Uh, our fellowship of Jesus Christ. Number one, show respect for everybody. Show respect for everybody. What does that mean? That, that means prejudice is inconceivable. I mean, that's one of the things that motivated William Wilberforce uh, is that there's absolutely no place for reason. Every person is a value that God has created. Uh, he says, love Christians everywhere. Love Christians everywhere. You know, one of the things that we say in, in our class 101, is that you may not like everybody in our church, but you got to love them. You know, you don't have to like, but he says, love one another. Love is our greatest motivation. And then number three, he says, fear God and honor the government. Again, this is being said to a group of people where Nero, um, as the emperor, uh, he slaughtered millions of his own people. He burned his own town so that he could rebuild it. Uh, he was just totally dysfunctional. Honor the government. How do we do that? How do we do that? I think part of that is that we honor the position and not always the personality that's in the position. We pray for both. We pray for the position and we pray for the personality. We pray for God's will to be done. It's kind of like honoring your parents. You know, some people you say you look at that Bible and those that didn't have, weren't blessed, grow up in a in a healthy home. Matter of fact, some that are you know whose family uh, parents hurt them, abused them, are are going. How in the world can I do that? How, How how do I honor my parents? Well, we honor the leadership that God has established for our lives, the position that God has given us, honor authority. What if, the, what if the government tells me to disobey God? Well, that's where obviously our first allegiance is to God. And that means that we still honor authorities when we go, well, I can't, I can't do what you're telling me to do, but I'm willing to suffer the consequences of that. That's still honoring authority. So here he's saying that if we're going to be locked and loaded, it, it has everything to do with how we live in this world, how we deal with temptation and how we deal with authorities in our life. And it's going to reflect what God is doing around us. Look at this, uh, this next verse right here. It says, be good servants to your masters, not just good masters, but also to bad ones. Be good servants to your masters, not just good masters, but the bad ones and some of you are thinking, well, "Yeah, if you knew my boss, you know, if you knew my boss uh, or if you knew uh, some people that are in authority, what counts is that you put up with it for God's sake when you are treated badly for no good reason. You go, I don't like that. I don't like that. Your integrity will be tested um, through your temptations and also how you respond to uh, authority, but this next one deals with this number three. Seek God in suffering. Seek God in suffering. It's here that He's saying that if we're going to be locked and loaded, ready to live, we've got to seek God in the suffering. The greatest test of all will be how we respond to suffering. Nothing reveals our character quicker than the problems and pains that we experience. Seek God in suffering. Not, not just suffering. Uh, that we've brought on ourselves, but are not just suffering that comes from the world, but it's is suffering when even injustice is done. Whenever we're right, they're wrong. Seek God in suffering. You suffering today? He's saying as long as we live on earth, there will be suffering. We'll have problems. We're going to have pain. But but God has given us a model for that, and that is Here in in his word, he says, this is the kind of life that you've been invited into, the kind of life Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way so that you would know that it could be done and also how to do it step by step. I I like the message paraphrase. He just said, he's going to show you, he's going to lead you. He's going to do it in your life. He has given us um, the model for that. How did Jesus model it? Next verse. Here's what he said. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their inserts at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. That's just saying, God, I know you're in control. The fact of the matter is is that when we really, really are struggling and and have difficulties whenever we're really not trusting that God is in control, we still think we have some control here. But when we have full confidence of God's mercy, of His grace and His leadership and His lordship in our life, then we can come and just respond in a way that brings Him glory. He didn't fight back. That's the opposite of our culture, you know, that we live in. We fight back. We are in a fight back generation. We want to get even the the moment our rights are being violated. You know, we defend ourselves. But Jesus says he didn't do that. I mean, the Bible says that Jesus didn't do that. He let God defend him. You know, we're so quick to get even. My rights to sue. You know, a lot of people may not know a Bible verse, but they know their, their lawyer's phone number. By the way, there was a doctor and a lawyer at this party together. And while they were talking, this lady came up and asked the doctor for a diagnosis. And she explained her problem, and he explained what to do about it. And she walked away, and the doctor turned to the attorney and says, uh, I know this is a party, but do you think it would be appropriate for me to send her a bill? And the attorney said, yes, of course it is. So the doctor sent her a bill. The next day, the doctor got a bill from the attorney. Ah, <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, what was Jesus' secret of defending himself? Here's what, here's what it says. He suffered in silence, content to let God set things right. You're going, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief, right? Lord, I believe. Jesus said, I'm just passing through. This is not my permanent home. God will eventually settle the score. He's going to balance the books. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. What better job can I do than God? So he just said, my father will take care of this. And I know there are a lot of uh, unhealthy people that can take this uh, verse to an extreme, you know, just going, well, I'll just be a doormat. And, but that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about mindless compliance. He's saying that we live with the integrity of standing on the word of God and the purpose and the truth of God's word. An acid test for how we react and uh and An acid test of our faith is how we react when we are mistreated. Jesus put it like this at the end. He says this to me and you, be locked and loaded, because you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. What are they seeing in my life? What are they seeing in your life? us pray. Father God, you've invited us to come here to experience you, to worship you, and not just get information, but allow you as the Lord of our lives, our Savior, to remind us that you love us, you empower us, you've got a plan and a purpose for our life, but Lord, in this world you're still working and you've called us. Not to just get the benefits of your salvation, but to be your servants, locked and loaded. So, Lord, I pray that through your Holy Spirit today that you just help each of us to identify any temptation. Any temptation, Lord, that we're yielding to that's keeping us from being your salt and light. And let us take that seriously. Lord, I pray that You would show us our attitude toward authority. Perhaps, Lord, that there's um, some, some experience in our life that's causing, causing us to, to resist. Lord, is it causing us to, to resist You? Because You're our ultimate authority. And Lord, there are some here today that perhaps aren't suffering as these listeners and hearers of 1st Peter were in that day but Lord they're suffering Lord I pray that they would seek you today I pray that you would so envelop them in your arms that as they look into your face they experience the grace and the power to see Jesus, and perhaps the greatest thing is to suffer in silence, absolutely content to let you set things right. Oh Father, may you be glorified through each of our responses, may you be glorified as we are locked and loaded for you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.